When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's edition of the We Are Podcast and the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. He's Corey Geiger. I'm Jared Prugar. And guess what, everybody? This is episode 50 with Corey and I. Wow. So really? Thank you for following along for for 50 different episodes of Corey and I talking Penn State football, wrestling, basketball, um, random whatnot. We truly appreciate the support. Man, I I didn't know I, my one year anniversary here was uh, a week a little bit more than a week ago. I, I didn't realize we'd done fifty of these. Though. Wow! You you if you, if only you guys could see Jared on the video right now. He he's a right sexy bastard. Yes, you're absolutely right, Corey. <laughs> um, after a month after a month of being in a sling uh, and my shoulder being immobilized, I'm finally able to not have a sling. So I'm letting my my arms fly free. Um, the wing is, the wing is not necessarily healed. I have about eight months of rehab left shirtless, shirtless. That's why you you guys ever wonder why we don't do the videos with these podcasts. You you guys don't want to see our ugly mugs. No, we would break the, we would definitely break YouTube. Um, but now that everybody has that wonderful visual, um, (laughs) if you're still listening, let's talk Penn state and Purdue. Corey, you were there in West Lafayette. And it was an ugly game, yeah. which is exactly what you would expect from a week one performance. However, the, the stakes are a lot higher because Purdue is in the same division or same conference, I should say, as Penn State. And that makes it a little bit, the stakes are a little bit higher. It matters a little bit more than, let's say, a normal opener against Idaho or, or whoever. Hey, look, it was a sloppy game. It was... You know, Penn State did some some really nice things at times. Penn State looked bad at times. There's there's frustration. I think there's angst, if, if I can use that word. Uh, there's some angst in the Penn State fan base. Oh, well, they didn't do this, and Sean Clifford this. and But, you know, if you read the headline on the podcast, never feel bad about a win. I mean, that's, that's the bottom line. We're recording this, by the way, folks, at 11.20 on Saturday night. So a lot of the Saturday games are over now. Some just finished. Ohio State kind of struggled against Notre Dame. They did finally finish that off. Some close games out there. Hey, football is a sport where you just have to find a way to win. Is Penn State going to beat Ohio State playing like it did against Purdue? No. Is Penn State going to beat Michigan playing like it did against Purdue? No. 
but that's the thing. That's the beauty of the sport. Every week is different. You have to find a way to beat the team that you're playing. And yeah, we we're going to believe me. We're going to nitpick some certain things, but for all the angst that's out there in the Penn State fan base, back off the ledge, take a step back. They won the damn game. Be happy about it. Yeah, and that's the thing, man. It's it's a win. It was ugly. It wasn't pretty. Sometimes that's ha- that's going to happen, and that's okay, right? I mean, you look at you look around the country. And we're going to talk about this a little bit more in the third segment because I love, you know, just looking at everything. Um, it was funny. I actually fell asleep today, and it, like watching, and this is weird for me, like a, a nap on a Saturday. And I was, we were watching the UNC Appalachian State game. Oh my it gosh. Was, it was 38 21 when I went to bed and or took a nap. And I, the TV was off by the time I woke up. And when I went to the ballpark today for work, I got there and I, I realized that they scored 60-some points um, between the two teams in a fourth quarter, so I missed a lot. But, again, ugly wins are going to happen. Pretty wins are going to happen. Embrace them. Because guess what? A win is a win, and Penn State uh, is, is tied atop the Big Ten standings for the for the conference lead. All right, so I had a buddy of mine. Um, there, Look, folks, I, I know – my I'm self-aware. I know a lot of Penn State fans might say, ah, Geiger, you're too critical of Penn State. And I certainly have been critical of Sean Clifford. Um, so I had a buddy of mine ask me, Jared, uh, Friday as I was driving back from Purdue, if they would have lost, how much was I going to hammer Sean Clifford? And, you know, I'll be honest with you. When he threw that pick six – you especially seeing it play out in the stadium. You guys might not have been able to notice this on TV, but seeing it play out in the stadium, the dude was wide open. Thirty, he, It was a 30, 40-yard game. And so you can see it out of the corner of your eye. You can see him sprinting down the middle of the field, and you're like, I'm sitting there thinking to myself for three-quarters of a second, that's going to be a 30- to 40-yard game. And then he overthrows him by six feet, and it's a pick six, and I had a tweet of like, what the effing kind of throw is that? Whatever. But let me say this, Jared. It was such a bad throw, and you just felt so badly for Sean Clifford because that would that would have been a horrific way for them to lose the game. And I, yeah. truly, I truly was hoping for him to come back and win the game. I was hoping that he would do exactly what he did because at that point you're really just kind of rooting for a human being to succeed and not have it end the way it did with that pick six. Yeah. And that's the tough thing, right? I mean, you make a mistake and that, that mistake proved costly. And I thought Clifford did okay. And, and, you know, I, a bunch of friends of mine and, and I are all in the group chat and we're talking about the game and watching the game that took forever. You know, mm-hmm. it got it, the game finished just before the sun rose Friday morning um, cause it was on Fox and Fox games take forever. Now I love listening to Gus Johnson and Joel Klatt. I think they are probably some of the most knowledgeable, um, play by play and color guys, um, in the business. They, I think listening to them call a game is phenomenal, but that we were talking about. And one of my buddies suggested Sean Clifford is like a slot machine, right? So there's a lot of good jackpots, right? Big wins, small wins, whatever. And then there's a lot of, Oh man, we didn't win anything. And and there's there's gonna be some ebbs and flows. Again, this is week one, game one. And 
and you're not going to be pretty. That's why teams schedule pay games, buy games, right. like so that you can get ready for conference play. Starting in the on the you know like teams like Penn State, Ohio State that start with tough opponents. That's tough. That's not easy. So you just got to be a little bit more prepared, a little bit better. Now, don't get me wrong. Purdue did a hell of a job of losing that football game. They did, sure. They absolutely very, did. very good job of, of that. And I, and we'll get to that here in a little bit. But, but you know, Clifford is the guy that you want in that situation. Drew Aller did play, and he played really well. He made an incredible throw, and and really was impressive in the series that he played just after the half, uh, while Sean Clifford was dealing with cramping. But, but again. Sean Clifford's got 75 years of experience. He's 66 years old. He's played college football for, for quite some time. And, and that's good. Like that's what you want in those situations. Cause if you don't have a guy like that, who's to say what's going to happen at the end of that game. Uh, it is just amazing because it's hard to fully believe in Sean Clifford because he'll make that kind of throw and he'll make some other bad throws, but then he will deliver. And, and I, I'm sitting there in the press box, Jared. I'm sitting there thinking he he's gonna he's gonna lead them down the field because we've seen it. Uh, you know he 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 can do some things, and and he's 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 not the moment is never going to be too big for him. The question with Sean Clifford is has been and always will be is he good enough? Okay, that's the question. Not confidence, oh. not clutchness, not. You know, being intimidated. He, he, Sean Clifford has everything in the world that you want in your quarterback <laughs> from an intangible standpoint, except for the fact that you still, you're still in his sixth season wondering if he's good enough. This, the issue with Sean Clifford for me is I think he, he is good enough. And I think he is good enough in, in almost every game that they play. It's what backbreaking mistake is going to cost them. Is it going to be a, a, a just a, an awful pick? or a bad fumble because he tries to do too much. Um, you know, as long as they don't put the weight of the world and the weight of the game on his shoulders, I think Penn State will be okay in, in, there's in the 90, 95% of the game. Yeah. Now, that's the issue is right. that running game needs to be established. And I thought the offensive line did okay at times, but it's hard when you're bouncing around a, a three- or four-man rotation running the football because if you block – for Nick Singleton, the way that you block for Katron Allen or Kevon Lee, that's not good. You you have to kind of do, you do kind of block a different way because they're different skill sets. You know, obviously Singleton's fast. Katron Allen's got good foot speed and good strength, and Kevon Lee is kind of the power guy. And then obviously Devin Ford's in there in passing situations, but you have to know what's behind you, and you have to be able to adjust to that. And and that's one of those things that that really needs to be hashed out. And I think it will be against Ohio. But you got to reevaluate the way they deploy the running backs. Okay, so the bad news is this basically looked like the same football team we saw last year. Would you agree with that? This was, this was the same kind of stuff. It doesn't really look like they've learned a whole lot from last year. Offensively, yes. But I'm going to backtrack again and, and just stress they won the game, okay? Right. We, we do need to – us as well. We spent five or six minutes nitpicking, and, we, and we're going to do that some more because there are issues. But they had to go on the road against a team that has an NFL quarterback. I mean, that guy is going to be – I don't know. If, I'm not I'm sure he's ever going to start in the NFL. He'll be on camps. He'll be a practice squad player. Maybe he'll be an active roster player, Aiden O'Connell. I mean, I, I think he's a pretty good quarterback, and they've run a good system out there. 
so then they won the game on the road in a, a, you know, the environment was pretty good. It wasn't great, but the environment w- was good and they found a way to win. And at the end of the day, um, we all knew that that was going to be a season shaping kind of game. I picked them to go seven and five because I thought they would lose at Purdue at Auburn. Well, they beat Purdue. I'm still going to pick them to lose at Auburn unless Auburn just looks horrific here for the next couple of weeks or for, for first couple of games. But the point is, Jared, they won a game, and now this brings – this keeps nine or ten wins in the equation. And we'll, I'll say, hey, if they just keep getting better and better and better, we'll see. But the downside is I didn't really see anything different from that team Thursday than I saw all last – it just looks like – all these issues that they may have, I don't know that they've learned how to fix them yet. No. Um, and I think offensively, especially, I thought defensively they played really well uh, at times. I, I thought Purdue did a, a really good job of attacking Johnny Dixon, um, and it worked. Now, I have no idea, and we'll talk about this in the second segment, what the hell Braum was thinking uh, late in the game there. I'm still trying to, to figure that out. But I thought defensively they did a lot better than I expected. But, yeah, I mean, offensively, again, it's game one. And I think, you know, we can take a step back, and obviously we're going to analyze everything that we can about this game, good, bad, or indifferent. And there were a lot of good things. I mean, I thought Bryce Affner played really well up front. Um, I thought Mid uh, Tinsley was was really good. Uh, Parker Washington was solid. I thought the, the tight ends played really well, and that was without Theo Johnson. Uh, so, you know, there's a lot to to like about Penn State in this game. But the biggest thing to like is that they won. And and I think that's ultimately um, that's ultimately the best part of it. Right. You know, you mentioned the environment and and you could see a little bit on TV, but they pulled out all the stops. You know, Purdue is a, is a tough place to play, uh, especially at night like that on the Thursday night. Drew Brees is in attendance. You know, the Boilermakers pulled out everything. Now, first of all, I love the entrance with the train with the with the train that was great um as a, as a football nerd and you know if you if you're not aware about tuna the railroad history of our of our area our football team comes out to a train whistle uh every game so i've always wanted a train to, to bring us out i thought that'd be kind of cool but but again the biggest the biggest thing is that they won and they're going into ohio to play ohio next week at one and oh and you know you mentioned auburn in, in two weeks well, Auburn is not going to have – on paper, they will not have a, a test uh, up until Penn State. And Penn State does go into that game having – being tested, being battle-tested. And I think right. that and does yep. take some value because, you know, Auburn played Mercer this week, and uh, that game is going on right now. They're up 32 points, um, and they have San Jose State next week. So – Penn State's going to go into that game, I would imagine, 2-0. But Ohio's beat them again. They beat them before. Um, and it'll be interesting to see, you know, what Penn State's able to fix. Uh, because, I, again, it, with this being week one, we didn't see everything that we're going to see from Penn State. I think that they had a very vanilla game plan, and that was by design. Uh, and they did enough to win. And that's at the end of the day, that's all that truly matters. Uh, we're going to take a break here, get to segment two. And in segment two, we're going to ask the question that I always like, Did Penn State win the game, or did Purdue lose the game, Jerry? Oh, I can't wait to find out here on the We Are Podcast, the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network.
I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back to the second segment of the We Are Podcast, the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. Corey, I, I'm, I'm speechless because I watched that game on TV and I'm just thinking, what the hell is Jeff Brom doing? Like, what the hell is Aiden O'Connell doing late in the game? They abandoned the run game and decided to throw the ball under two minutes and... And not and and they didn't complete very many passes, so I, I was I I have zero clue what Purdue was thinking, because you mentioned did Penn State win the game, or did they lose it? Well, or, or did Purdue lose it? I should okay. say. But here's and the thing. I think it could be, I think it's fifty fifty. Okay, and this is this is why armchair quarterbacking is always so fascinating, because Purdue got a first down. With two and a half minutes to go, Aiden O'Connell scrambling around. He makes a nice acrobatic throw. Dude makes a diving catch. It's a first down, and they're going to win the game. Go back and watch it. They're going to win the game. Then they reviewed the play, and as soon as they showed the review on the, on the video, it was obvious from the first play. The ball hit the ground, so it was not going to be a first down, and then – on third down, Daquan Hardy made a play, and, and Purdue had to punt, and then Penn State comes on and wins again. So, see, before you go any further, this is a prayer. Like Aiden O'Connell threw it this was ball a prayer. Yeah. in the air. Yeah, I made a great catch. Only one person that could have catch it. Okay, and it was so, that player. Here, here's the issue. Okay, we all we all think we know how to manage a game at the end of the game. Well, you got to run the ball. You got to eat some clock. Okay. In fairness to Jeff Rob, that's not what Purdue does. You see what I'm getting at? They weren't mm-hmm. going to run the ball in Penn State. Now they would have eaten the clock. I, I, I will, I will say he was wrong in what he did because they lost. Okay, you see what I'm getting at? He's wrong yeah. because they lost. But if that dude catches the ball and he doesn't hit the ground barely, they win. Okay, and they would have won. Why? By throwing the ball. They were not going to run the ball. They finished with 70 yards rushing. Okay, uh, Aiden O'Connell threw 58 times. What did I tell you time and time and time and time and time again when we talked about this game for the last three months? I said, I won't be surprised if he throws 50 passes. He threw 50. Yeah. So when we asked the Penn State win the game, look, 95% of the teams that play football, college or pro, we're all going to say, why isn't this idiot running the ball? Why is it? Well, 
Purdue is one of those 5% teams, Jared, that mm-hmm. all they do is they'll throw the ball. So I guess it does make more sense for them than it would for almost anybody else. Well, and the thing with that is, I mean, as a as a former coach, right, if, if it's me calling those plays, I mean, you got to put yourself in high percentage catch situations That's right. and not run the risk of incompletions. And, you know, Penn State's defense did dial it up. They dialed up the pressure really well. That's the really issue, well Jared. Late. It's not that he kept throwing. It's that they weren't using the, th- the passing game as an extension of the running game, which we right. Penn State doing. Just snap it, throw a, ta- a nice little quick, uh, two yards and, and you, and you use that as your running game. Yeah. And they did that really, really well early in the game. Yes. Um, and they took advantage of, you know, Joey Porter jr's aggressiveness, got some penalties called on him, Johnny Dixon, you know, they did a, they did a really good job of that late in the game. And then they just abandoned that. And, you know, if you, obviously they're not going to use the run game the way that they should or could, but get those backs out of the backfield or, or just dump it off to them, keep them in bounds, Go to the far side and and run some clock out, and they just didn't do that. And there, you know, Aiden O'Connell's decision making wasn't the greatest either. And that's, you know, that's not good for a guy that's a is a six year guy. Um, and if you looked, if you watched that game and didn't know that him and Sean Clifford were six year guys, with Sean Clifford being a four year starter, you would have, you would have, I think, been shocked. But again, we said this in the first segment, and I'm, and we're probably going to say this about a million and a half times. It was week one. It's okay. They won the game. And, and what Sean Clifford did on that dr- last drive was masterful. You know, hit open guys and, and really just did a great job marching them down the field with that with, to score there. And that even that touchdown was, was great. And, you know, they, Penn State did just enough to win the game. They, it, they made plays when it mattered. And, and I, thought they, I thought they played good complimentary football offensively and defensively. Whereas you got to get something started with the offensive line. Yeah, the offensive line, again, Penn State had uh, 98 yards rushing, 77 yards rushing in the first half, and you're thinking, okay, uh, maybe mm-hmm. they got some of this. So Nick, uh, Nick Singleton had a nine-yard run early on. I think Katron Allen had a nine-yard run. Uh, yeah, he did. Uh, you know, Lee had a 12-yard run. Singleton had a six-yard run, nine-yard run for Katron Allen. They, they did some things here and there, and then, you know, again, when – when we're criti- criticizing and nitpicking, I keep saying this This just looked like last year. You know, all of these questions that we wanted answered about the offensive line, are they going to do anything different? I really don't think they did, and Sean Clifford was in, in peril too much uh, as well, and the season could have changed dramatically if he would have taken a, an injury on that hit to his left leg. Um, luckily, he was able to come back. Um, but, and he, and he was, he was okay. But again, so as we talked in the first segment, they got to win here. I'll, I'll counter that and say, do we feel good about this Penn State football team, Jared? Uh, I mean, look, Purdue, that's a tough place to win. I do think Purdue's pretty good, but it is reality. It's all the fan base out there that says, well, they won, but they got lucky. They won in spite of themselves in certain ways. They won, and Sean Clifford really didn't show any improvement. You know, so I do get that there's still clearly those questions out there. Yeah, and they're going to be, and there are going to be those questions no matter who they win, right? Nobody's ever happy. Nobody, nothing's ever perfect. But again, they, they did enough to win the game. Sean Clifford did enough to win the game. Um, you know, you want to take some good takeaways from this game. Uh, looking ahead into Ohio, I think they'll handle Ohio pretty well. Um, 
and I think that's just that. I mean, they should not have any issue with Ohio, um, not by any means. But you know, you I think Mitchell Tinsley played incredible football. I think he's the number one guy. You've mentioned that before. Um, you know, this is no disrespect to Parker Washington, but this is a kid that's a stud. Um, and I think he's gonna be the next best, next really good receiver to go to the NFL from Penn State, even though he came from Western Kentucky. Um, so there's that. You know, Tyler Warren I thought played fairly well, had a couple of good catches. Um, but the thing that I want to highlight in this segment, um, you know, before we get to the third one, is Drew Aller played and he looked the part. He did look good. And he, he only played a series, but he didn't do anything to hurt the team. And, you know, the incompletion that he throws through was one of the best incompletions I've ever seen. Well, he fired a bullet. He's got hit. You can see the. Uh, you can see the emotion and the and the, and the intensity there because he fires a bullet. Once he gets some experience, he'll learn how to you know take a little bit off that. But you're right, he did look good, and we wondered, you know, did he did James Franklin make Drew Aller the backup just to win brownie points with Drew Aller to make sure he would stay, you know, keep him out of the portal? Well, hey, the the, the poise that we saw out there certainly that looked like a young man with a very very high ceiling, and and as well as. Christian Veyu, I thought, looked good last year against Rutgers. I don't know that I ever watched him and thought, well, that guy could be a, a star. Uh, and, and and I do think you can see with Aller's skill set that he he looks like he could be a star. He's the real deal. And I think, you know, I think next week he's going to get a decent amount of playing time. Um, and he should for two reasons. One, developmentally. But two, you got to keep Sean Clifford healthy. And they weren't really able to do that. I mean, Sean Clifford, there was no Sean Clifford running the ball. He didn't look the greatest um, agility wise or movement wise. Um, but again, you, you, you're looking long-term here and obviously you want to develop Aller and you want to develop all 75 of your other quarterbacks, but you also have to look at the fact that you got to keep Sean Clifford healthy. And the last thing that you want is him to be in a game that is out of control or out of hand and he gets hurt and some fluke things happen some fluke thing happens because then you know if this is the same situation and it's at Ohio State and Drew it's Drew Aller things could could be a lot different and like like Iowa last week and and we'll talk about Iowa in the second and the third segment because I absolutely we have to talk <laughs> about that uh and what that baseball game was um but but yeah, I mean you have to you have to get those guys experience. That's a perfect week to do it. Keep them healthy for Auburn, and and go into that. But but if that keeps happening, and and maybe Sean Clifford gets out for a series or two, or whatever, and Aller keeps performing, what do you do there, Corey? Do you go with the young guy? No. But or no. do you stay with Clifford? Because I think if you know we've been posed this question quite a few times. It. Do you get to a point later in the season where Aller is just flat out better? No. Nope. I, I, I don't believe. Look, I, I'm just being honest here. And I there are very few media people that have been more critical of Sean Clifford than I ha- I am. But and if they're winning, Sean Clifford is the quarterback. End of discussion. You, you They got to go to Michigan. You ready for Drew Aller to play Michigan at the big house, Jared? Is anybody ready for that? They got to play Ohio State. Is anybody ready for Drew Aller to play Ohio State? I mean, Sean Clifford has played these teams. Sean Clifford has been in these environments. And so I do get that everybody wants to see the new star, 
And I do get that Sean Clifford threw one of the most horrific pick six you'll – I guess people were calling it the puke puke six, which I wasn't aware of. <laughs> but that, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. If, if they're winning, that. if they're winning, Sean Clifford is a quarterback. Because the way I posed the question earlier was, what if they get to three and three? Yeah, now you got to play Drew Aller. Even if still Sean Clifford maybe gives you a better chance to win. But as long as they're winning – he, you're going to stick with the guy because I do think no matter how good Aller might be down the road um, for this season, Sean Clifford is going to give you your best chance every week. Yeah. I mean, I think he's the best, your best chance of winning um, by, by every thought imaginable. Now, do I think Aller can do an admirable job? Yeah. And you know, when Penn state is down against Purdue or pe- people would, would you rather go seven and five, with Drew Aller, or would you rather go seven to five with Sean Clifford? Well, yeah, think, obviously, yeah. So you know, you that's this is going to be a question, and and I think, and and I think this is a little bit unfair to Sean Clifford. He's probably the most often criticized player or quarterback for Penn State in quite some time. Um, obviously, that didn't happen with Trace McSorley and Christian Hackenberg was, you know. Every there were a million building excuses with with Hack, right? Um, but. You know, everything that Sean Clifford does seems to be wrong. Um, and listen, we've both been very critical of him and, and his play. Uh, and, and I think at times it's deserved. But but that's the thing. <laughs> you know, you have to kind of – you have to give him credit where it's due because the kid plays and he kid's a gamer. And and it's, I don't think it's fair to get all the criticism he gets because, listen, they won and people still want Drew Aller. They could and be it, sitting here at 5-0 and in a few weeks, Jared. I mean, that's... People will still want Drew Aller to – yeah well, yeah, well, that's stupid. Like, that's, this is that, this is stupid. very possible that people you'd rather go ten and two, or you people would rather maybe not go ten and two with Sean Clifford, but rather go seven and and five or eight and four with with Drew Aller. And so again, we're going to you know, close Clifford, this segment because we don't have we 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 only have a lot of, a little time for left for our third segment, Jared. Just so you know, but look, mm-hmm. Sean Clifford is a better quarterback, and if they're winning, he's the quarterback. So let's take a break. We'll we'll take a look ahead a, lot, a little bit to the next week's game and uh, a look around the country here, Jared, in the third segment. Sounds good. We'll catch you here on the flip side for the final segment of the We Are podcast on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. Welcome back to the We Are Podcast on the UK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. Let's talk spelling, O-H-I-O, and it's the Bobcats, not the Ohio State University. Penn State hosts Ohio, home opener. Corey, I don't think this is going to be a close game. That's interesting because uh, Ohio did beat um, Florida Atlantic. Not that that is a great win, but I – I, I, I don't know. I don't think – I'm not looking for a 30-point win here. I think this could be 18, 20 points. Um, yeah, I think it would be comfortable. As you mentioned or in the last segment, we're going to need to see Drew Aller. And remember, Penn State couldn't run the ball off Villanova against Villanova last year. Oh, so, yeah. you know, that's that's the kind of thing that as long as as, as long as we're look, trying to figure out how Penn State's going to do against anybody – Penn State does still have its own issues, so I, I, 
I certainly think they'll win comfortably. I don't think we're going to be looking at some 30-point blowout, though. Yeah, and if I'm James Franklin, um, I want I, I want to establish the run, and I want to establish the, the run early. And then you get a two, three, three-score lead, and you get Aller and some of the younger guys in. And you probably – I would probably leave some of the – um, the younger guys in on defense, but offensively get some of those younger guys in, establish the run, get Aller some experience, and then ride off into into getting prepared for Auburn because you want to go into Auburn fully healthy. And that is, I think, the most important thing outside of establishing the run is getting out of next week healthy because if you go to Auburn and you're not healthy, it, it could be bad news bears. I do like what James and Mike Harris did to start the game. They committed to the run early. Uh, again, 77 yards rushing in the first half. That's pretty good. I, I thought they were on their way to 150. Um, but, you know, Purdue kind of dictated things in the third quarter, but with their comeback. So, I, I, yeah, I do think they're going to come out and try to establish the run, and we'll see how that goes, if they have any confidence. One guy we've really not mentioned yet, and I do want to make sure we do uh, in this, is Joey Porter Jr. Because he, I mean – how many times do you see – I think there were 14 passes at him. Uh, they, they attacked. They must have liked their chances with Joey Porter Jr. They did get the one PI in the end zone. He dropped an interception. And it looked like – this is an interesting concept, Jared. It looked – and I heard some people talk about this. Purdue would just throw the ball hoping for pass interferences. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Um, yeah. did, did they talk about that on TV? Because a lot of times if Aiden O'Connell – didn't really have anything. He would put the ball up for grabs, and it looked like they were hoping. And I think they're, that's probably what they're going after Joey Porter Jr. for a lot was, you know, because he's so aggressive and everything. So uh, I, I do want to give credit to Joey. Yeah, he, he made a couple of mistakes, but he, he also made some really big plays. He showed on the plays that he made why he is so highly thought of as, as an NFL prospect. Yeah, I mean, I thought he was really good. He's physical. Um you know, he does get a little handsy. Ohio State, we talked about this countless times. Oh, at Ohio State, he was exposed. And people are going to take advantage of that. And they did. Um, and it and it worked in Penn State's favor. Um, I thought more than anything. He had a pass, they had the pass interference and, and what have you. But he played a really good game. Could have had a pick. That could have been a game-changing pick early in the game. Um, and then the fumble recovery right before the half. And I think that was kind of the – that was really – the, the turning point of the game into Penn State's favor swung that pendulum their way. And, you know, he played a really good game defensively. I think, you know, Kalen King did as well. Um, Jair Brown, I thought, played okay. Um, but I liked him. I like what we saw from the Manny Diaz defense. And again, like we said before, this was very vanilla. This was not what we're going to see later in the season from either the offense or the defense. Want to take a look around the country here. Uh, Iowa beats South Dakota State in one of those typical Iowa games. I mean, it was almost worse than six to four. Iowa got a couple of safeties here. Could you look? Kirk Ferentz is the longest tenured coach in the country in college football. I think a lot of people know that, but maybe some people don't. But could you imagine watching Iowa football and that being your favorite team? Sports are supposed to be entertainment. Uh, and I mean, could you imagine that that's your favorite team? And they do win. I give Kirk Ferentz a lot of credit with some of the things that they do and finding ways to win. But, man, that that has to be one of the least entertaining programs in college or professional sports. 
Um, that might be an understatement. I think, I, I mean, Iowa football is just ground and pound, ground and pound, ground and pound. But the games like yesterday was just absolutely um, abysmal. And, you know, seven to three against South Dakota State. And not a, not a touchdown was scored against Ohio, against South Dakota State. Like, think about that. They had a field goal and, and two safeties, which is just absurd to me. And if you look at the box score, I mean, good for the stats guys there. Um, but, damn, like, it's just insane, Corey. You look at the total yards and these total yards for both teams. Yeah, wild. 166 and 120. That's 286 yards total in a college football game. But you know what they're doing in Iowa today? They're, they're winning. En- they're enjoying a win. And, and we only have a few minutes left here, so I, there's one thing I want to mention real quick. Ohio State beat or uh, Notre Dame 21-10. to 10. That's a good win for Ohio State. Uh, Georgia crushed Oregon 49-3. to 3. So we're seeing the cream of the crop. Alabama won easy over Utah State. But the big news that was out Friday, Jared, college football playoff expanding to 12. It can do it as early as 2026. They'll try to get it done earlier. This is massive news in college football. This is massive news for Penn State. Penn State would have made a 12-team playoff in 2016, 17, 18, 19. This is the kind of thing that will change the way we view programs, the way we view coaches, because we can criticize James Franklin. Why can't you get into a playoff? But quite frankly, I think James Franklin is going to get into a lot of playoffs once we get to a 12-team field. Yeah, I think that I think so too. And I, and I, and I really like that. I really hope that, you know, they're able to, to make that happen. But I think right before we get, get off here, I want to mention the, the coordinator bowl that happened Friday night in Norfolk, right. Virginia with oh, old man. dominion and Virginia tech with Ricky Ronnie's old dominion squad beating Virginia tech. And um, that was the second time in school history that they beat Virginia tech and Ricky Ronnie's team, man, they showed up and they were, it was not, it was not a pretty game by any means. Again, first game of the year. Um, and, and this is nothing against Brent private, but Ricky Ronnie's team was a little bit more experienced um, with their coach. And I think that that mattered. And, yeah. you know, and, and it's, it was weird because that, that, that game had a lot of Penn state flavor, both on the coaching staffs, but also players. I mean, Zach Kuntz, former Penn state player is uh, one of the old dominions captains this year. Really good for Ricky. That's a bad loss for Brent pride, but I, I went back and I wasn't fully aware uh, just how bad things are at Virginia Tech. Apparently, their yeah. roster is really, really bad. Fifteen penalties. That's he, a tough Justin start. Fuentes was awful. Like, That's a he tough just start that for Brent. But people will blame Justin Fuente more than they will blame Brent Pry for that. Yeah, that's the good news for Brent for that particular. But you know, you can't have too many losses like that. No, but the good news is for Penn State, they won. It's on to Ohio. Want to know, want to know, want to know is what James Franklin's going to tweet, I'm sure, about a million times between now and next Saturday. We will be in Happy Valley, and we'll have you covered. So, for Corey Geiger, this has been Jared Pruger on the We Are Podcast and DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. We'll catch you after the game next week.